1: The professional's choice all right guys so as we've been doing for the last little while we're gonna give another shout out to house call pro because as I've been saying the technicians love using it out in the field and that's the one that technicians talk about the most whenever a service platform like this is brought up to manage your your service fleet through dispatching and scheduling taking payment from the door texting customers to let them know you're on your way through the app. The technicians love it, okay? There is a three-month trial, or it's it's not really a trial, but it's three months with 50% off of House Call Pro. If you guys are looking to take your business into that direction where you remove paper and you get a little bit more organized and get everything kind of going digital, paperless, right? So if you go to housecallpro.com forward slash HVAC know it all, you can check out what it's all about, and you can sign up and get your three months for 50% off. Let's get going. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're enjoying your day so far. Whatever time it is, whatever day it is, morning, afternoon, evening. You might be listening to this while driving. You might be listening to this while sipping a coffee, Beside a condensing unit. I don't know. I don't know what you guys are doing, but I hope you're enjoying life and I hope you're waking up every day with the motivation to go out and kill it because that's what it's all about. We wake up every day, get out there, work hard, play hard, provide for ourselves and our families, and enjoy life. Okay. I hope you guys are working towards wellness, longevity in your life because that's what it's all about. One day we could wake up, snap of a finger, everything changes. So enjoy it now. And guys, If you're struggling with something right now, finances, health, whatever it is, we're with you, okay, 100%. We're all on the same team here, and if you're struggling, whatever it may be, just know there's people out there that have your back. All right, I got your back. Anyway, we have another incredible podcast for you. We have Raina O'Neill. Now, Raina is another badass female I've invited onto the podcast to get to know her and her story. Now, Raina's not new to the industry. She's been around for a while. She's been around for like 15 years in the industry. Okay. We're going to get to know Raina. She's going to tell her story and we're going to talk about things like how she entered into a, under, under, under a house, basically a crawl space under a house, which I don't really get into. So it was, it was cool to talk to her about that and what she finds down there and and all that kind of stuff. We're going to talk about attics and how she's had some, some issues inside attics. having to go to the hospital okay um attics are a dangerous thing in this trade 140 150 degrees and reina talks about an attic that is below 100 but high humidity and that's still a danger as well so we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about how reina is transitioning from a technician into sales which is kind of cool and it's good to have these conversations because we sometimes as an industry we look down upon sales, because there's a lot of, and I I know why, because there's a lot of shadiness, there's a lot of unethical sales that go on in this industry, in, in every industry, really, to be factual. But we're gonna talk about moving into sales. And we need sales within a company in order to create income because a company essentially is trying to create business. Business wants to make money. And you need sales in order to do that, but I think there's an ethical way of doing it. So we're going to talk about all that stuff with Raina coming up right now, guys, on the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry, discussing all things HVAC, from storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. All right, Raina, we finally got our shit together here and we're we're, we're on. So um, I reached out to you because Melissa Yarb, who was on my podcast about eight months ago, told me that I should have you on the podcast because you're killing it out there. So now you're here and, and I, uh, thank you for getting on with me.
0: Yeah. Well, thank
1: you. Yeah. Not a problem. So you are, we've, we've had, and and I think this is when she first messaged me. She messaged me after we had two females in a row back to back on the podcast. It was Jessica and then it was Hannah and then she reached out to me. She's like, your next, your next female has got to be Raina. So, so now we're here. So you've been in the the industry. Actually, let's, let's, we'll, we'll leave that for a minute. So today you told me that when we were messaging back and forth, trying to set this up, you said that you were about to go underneath a house. So how did that go for you? <laughs> First of all,
0: <laughs> well, um, the area that I work in a lot of like the duck systems are under houses. So gotcha for me, like, I'm kind of used to it um I wasn't when I first started because I'm extremely claustrophobic but um it's weird because when I'm at work I don't even think about it so I mean it wasn't bad you know I have my crawl suit and everything and um I don't really worry about anything when I'm under there
1: so what like where where do you work out of like which um which area you in
0: um so I live in Virginia and okay so I'm like in the Hampton Roads area. I I live in Virginia Beach, but I do a lot of work like in all of like the area around here, Hampton Roads, um, mostly Virginia Beach and Norfolk I work in.
1: So I take it if you're going under the house, the house does not have a basement. Is that common for um, where you are that the house is not to have basements?
0: Well, some of them do. Like in the historic part of Norfolk, there's a lot of basements there. So I work in basements, under houses, and attics, on roofs, because um, we have all different types of structures out here. So there's a lot of high-rise buildings, um, hotel, you know, style buildings or whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, pretty much I've been in any kind of space that you can be in in HVAC, and every day, I mean, I do like six calls a day and pretty much every call it's somewhere different like an attic or a crawl space or a basement
1: cool and you said you were wearing a crawl suit like what is that is that just like a like coveralls or something like that
0: yeah um unless it's really bad then i'll put on like a Tyvek suit so that i can just throw it away but yeah for the most part there's like sand under the houses or dirt or you know some of the houses we go into there's uh like rat feces and you want to put a Tyvek suit on for that.
1: <laughs> so have you seen any interesting things underneath these houses?
0: Um yeah you see like a lot of dead rats, dead cats, because they get in, um people can't find their cat and you know they'll be in there. um snakes or like I've never actually seen a snake in a crawl space. I see the snake skin. Um, and that actually kind of freaks me out a little bit more because when you see the snake skin, you don't know where the snake is. So, um,
1: and the snake (laughs) has gotten bigger too, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there's spiders and like spider crickets and stuff. The spider crickets, they'll like hang up on, um, you know, the top of the crawl space and they'll like jump down at you and you can hear them like hitting the floor all around you. (laughs) Those are Mm -hmm. kind of.
1: Interesting. So I've never been underneath a house to, to, to work ever. I have been in an attic. Um, not many of them I've been in. So we used to have a building that was in the downtown Toronto area, like right downtown. And it's, it was, it was three sort of historic type homes like that used to be, um, like there there were big houses that they turned into commercial sort of buildings actually it was a it was a hospice that that took over these three buildings there was administrative um in one of the buildings um or actually in two of the buildings administrative and then one of the bigger ones was was actually um where they had like um rooms where patients w- would stay and one of those one of those um particular houses had an air handler or two air handlers, I can't remember, in the attic. And that's really my only experience crawling around in an attic. And, and I hated it. So, I mean, the insulation, it's hot. It's hot ass in the summer, um, like sweating buckets. So, like, how are you how are you finding to deal with the, the heat in an attic, like in, in the middle of the summer?
0: Um, it's insane. <laughs> uh, you kind of get used to it a little bit. I have been to the hospital twice for heat exhaustion. Um, but, I mean it's most of the addicts I'm in all summer long for months, they're 130 degrees and you can't, I mean, you, your face turns purple within like 10 minutes, you have to keep taking breaks and um, you've got to keep, you know, ice and water and things around your head. The biggest thing is just keeping your head cool so that you just don't, you know, overheat. Cause once you get to that point, you're done. Like you, you get a migraine and you just, you can't, you don't even know who you are pretty much. Um, so that's what happened to me when I had heat exhaustion, I was driving home and I just didn't feel right. Like I didn't really know where I was or anything. And like, it was just, it was really disgusting what happened, but like, you just can't control like what goes on after that once you get heat exhaustion. So like I'm, I made it to the hospital and, um, they had to like wrap me in a heat blanket, which is crazy because you're, you're hot, but your body's like in shock and they wrap you in a heat blanket and they give you the shot to stop, you know, the throwing up and stuff. And then they give you like this medicine to stop the migraine. And then you have to get a ride home because you can't drive on it. But
1: yeah. Yeah. So that that's interesting. A heat blanket. So what did they explain to you why they had to put you in a heat blanket? Is it because your body's in shock and you get cold or the chills or like I don't under like I'm not fully understanding that that so if you can explain if if you know why, then I'd love to hear why.
0: I'm pretty sure they explained it. I probably like blacked out when they were telling me, but that seems to make more sense because um now what I do like to prevent myself from getting to that point when I'm on my way home, like my body will be freezing. I'll come out of a hundred and thirty degree attic and go outside to it being 105 degrees and my body's freezing so normally on my way home from work um my clothes are soaked and i'll have the heat on full blast on the way home and so by the time i get home i sit outside for a little bit and kind of like just gradually you know get used to the ac and then go inside um so i think it more so is like just keep your body from going in the shock
1: yeah you know what that makes sense though like you come out of a a, like a a hot as balls attic and then you you jump in a, a va- an air conditioned van yeah you, you your body will go through some shock it's like one extreme to the next mm-hmm. and it's just like as you were saying that I'm just thinking like I've been sunburned before and then like later on in the day after you're sunburned like you you get the chills i get or at least i do and and i know my kids have and you know what i mean you, you get the chills after getting like a severe sunburn so it kind of makes sense what you're saying
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. So since I've like started turning the heat on after days like that, um, it hasn't really affected me much anymore. Like I'll get the migraines, but I keep, you know, migraine medicine on me and things like that to where I don't like just overdo it. And you've got to just constantly drink water and, um, you know, just keep all those things with you. So that way you're not like overdoing it because once you once you overdo it I mean that's it like you're you're done for the whole day if not the whole rest of the week wow yeah, yeah
1: that's that, that's crazy so I've I've been an advocate of addicts being t- banned like from mechanical devices like like it no it it really does it it, it angers me and and I get on social media and and like if, if I make a post yeah addicts should be banned the last one I did that was like in the summer or the spring or something like that and um, texts are getting on there. I think it was Instagram saying well if if you can't handle the attic, get get out of the trade like you're not a man and you, this is how we test texts. we throw them in the attic. we don't let them out until they're done. like I'm like, come on, like really, like yeah. you're not proving you're not proving you're not you're not proving anything to me by saying these things. I mean it's it's a complete yeah. and utter health risk to keep somebody in an attic longer than they need to be when like, I've seen some of these, these, these guys going up in the attics and putting their temp probes up there. And it's like hitting 130 140 degrees in these in, in hotter uh, states like Arizona and, and Nevada and all that, like it's getting that hot in the in those attics. Oh, yeah. So I mean, they're, they're not jokes.
0: Yeah. And like some of the addicts, um, you know, I've, I've gone in like 150 degree attics before that didn't really affect me as bad as the ones that are like 98 degrees with like 80% humidity, um, and we have a lot of humidity here in Virginia, and um, so you're pouring sweat the second you get up there, and that's where it affects me more um, because you're sweating out all the water that you drink all day long. Um, you start shaking and stuff like that, but, I mean, it's it definitely is crazy. Um, our company, they try to not give us, like, um, calls that aren't emergencies past a certain time of the day. Like, we won't ever do, like, a maintenance at, you know, 3 o'clock in the afternoon or anything like that. It's emergencies only, and um, they let us take a ton of breaks, you know, if we need them, you know, go sit in our van. Um, like, if I have to change a blower motor or something like that, like, my boss will tell me, like, go turn the van on, turn the AC on, change it in the back of the van. Don't t- don't change it in the attic. Um, so, you know, that helps. And to know that we can just sit there and, you know, run the van and stay cool while we're working. Um, you know, it's just the ones that there's some addicts that you get into where you've got to crawl way to the other side. And the peak of the roof is so small. Like there's you can't breathe by the time you even get to the unit to even figure out what's going on with it. You can't even breathe to even like think about sitting down in front of it, trying to diagnose anything.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it I is
0: have like any kind of equipment up there for us to work
1: on. Hmm. Yeah, it, it should be banned or 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 put some sort of airflow device or, or some sort of of cooling device up there like a mini split. I don't know. There's, there's got to be a solution. We can't have techs going up there like techs have died up there. There was a guy I think there was a guy in Arizona. I think he was Arizona. He passed away um, not too long ago and he was in the attic. Now, I don't know. I don't know the full details of he could have had health problems already. But still, the fact that he was in that attic probably accelerated any sort of health problems he already had to the point where he passed away. So when you hear about stuff like that, it just like it it breaks my heart for the, the guy's family, the guy went to work, and he died. Like, that's not something that's supposed to happen to anybody.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I, I know a lot of people that are you know, ended up in way worse situations than I have, Um, you know, guys that have had to be like taken out of there, you know, by an ambulance and stuff like that. Um, Or, you know, they just pass out. Like a lot of times the homeowners will check on you, but sometimes we're working in vacant houses. And um, normally like our, uh, our dispatchers, they keep an eye on us in the hotter times of the year. And especially like they keep an eye on me a lot more because I'm a female and you know, they never know some of the houses they're sending me to. So if they see that I'm at a call for longer than I should be, they'll try to contact me. And if I don't answer them, um, they're going to send somebody to come look for me.
1: Yeah, that's, that's good. That's, that's important. So it's, it's good that they're looking after you that way. Yeah. So you've been, you said you've been a tech for 15 years.
0: Um, going on 15 years. I mean, I haven't nice. been a tech the whole time. I've kind of uh, started out. Uh, like in the warehouse and then I worked um, with the installers a little bit I worked in the office they were kind of trying to find like a place for me I was in like an internship type deal uh, when I first started and um, like once they realized like my personality and they were like oh she's gonna you know she needs to get out there and like talk to people and be in front of people so they were like we're gonna have her ride with the techs Um, so I rode with the with one of the guys for a couple months and then they started they put me in my own van to do maintenances and stuff and um so probably I would say probably about ten to twelve years maybe I've been in tech.
1: Nice. Um,
0: yeah. So and then I got out of it for a little bit, maybe like just one summer and then it just I don't know. I, I missed it. <laughs> so I came back.
1: So what did you do when you got out of it? Did you do something similar or like totally different?
0: Yeah. So I went to go, um, I was like, I'm going to go work for some guy that my mom knows and, uh, learn how to work on cars. And <laughs> so I go there and every time I'm like, I just want to work in the office. And they're like, no, like we, you need to work on stuff. Like we know that like your type of, you know, the way that you do things, like you, you need to work on things. You can't sit still in an office. It's like you already know how hard it was for me to like hook up all this computer stuff. <laughs> and yeah. um, so, Uh, he had, he found out I did HVAC and instead of him like trying to teach me how to do like all different types of things, learn how to work on vehicles, he had me changing out like all the, um, you know, like fan motors and things like that, like AC compressors and stuff. So I was like, I, you know, it's a little bit different. Like, uh, as a mechanic, you're in a garage all day and you smell like gas all day long and you know, everybody's like smoking in there. And it just, to me, I was like, I'd much rather be, you know, at a call for an hour and then get in my van and then drive around and go to another call. I don't like sitting in the same spot all day long. So, yeah, um, I went back to being a tech and I kind of did, you know, I worked in commercial for a little bit, like a couple months and I didn't like that. I kind of, I missed the homeowners and it's weird because a lot of times people in residential, they're like, Oh, I hate, residential because you have to deal with homeowners, but I'm like a people person. So um, I like residential, I like going to people's houses and, you know, talking to them and helping people out. And um, so I finally like found the fit of what company I'm at now. And it's funny because the guys that I work with, um, all the technicians that are there, I actually started with them like 15 years ago. So it's like a big family over there.
1: That's cool. That's cool. So I I also started in residential when I was like 9 no, it's eight, 18. So right out of high school, I uh I I went to trade school or or a college that had um did a lot of trades w- within the college that they taught them. And then in the summers, I got one summer I got a job with a residential company, and the next summer I got a, a job with another residential company, and I hated it. I hated I'll tell you why I hated residential. Um, sorry. I'll tell you why I hated I hated residential install. All right, guys, let's take a quick break. Arrived at my door yesterday was a set of dies, inch and a quarter to inch and five for swaging copper. That they go with the Navac hydraulic swaging kit. Right now, these are beefy. They're big for big piping, and somebody on Facebook, when I posted the picture, was like, I don't see the point of these, or it's pointless, or something like that. But here's the thing. If you get proficient at using this tool, you don't have to buy couplings. On a big job, you reduce couplings that size from your job. You're saving a lot of money. Okay, Now you only have one, one joint to braise, not two, so you're saving money on silfos. Silphos is not cheap, 15%. Silphos is not cheap. So you're saving money right there if you get proficient at using that tool. So there is the point for the guy that said pointless. Just so you guys kind of open your mind and and think a bit. Okay, so Testo, I'm gonna be giving away the Testo 316-3 very shortly on Instagram, maybe over the weekend here. But if you're listening to this, like in a month from now, you've missed it. Sorry, but... I do giveaways every so often, so stay tuned for more. So the Tesla 316-3 electronic leak detector, in its price range, is the best leak detector I've used, and I can say that because it's found every single leak I've looked for. Every single one I've looked for, I have found the leak, all right? Um, Blue On, guys, Blue On, what can I say about Blue On? Download the app, get accredited, because there's a ton of information, free tech support from that line, and two minute wait time, anything AC, check it out. Yellow jacket, I gave away a yellow jacket digital torque wrench in the summertime, sent it to the guy who won it. He posted a story on Instagram showing how he set it up for the torque that the manual said, and he showed the lights kind of moving along, and when he hit the torque, it showed him, yep, you're there, you can stop and back the wrench off. That's a very cool tool if you guys are doing mini splits to set your torque up. Interplay learning guys, awesome platform for like 3d um demos and stuff like that of equipment and troubleshooting and going through the steps they have all kinds of all kinds of training programs on their site interplaylearning.com guys individuals can sign up for 20 bucks a month if you are a boss well, everyone's a boss that's listening to this, right? We're all bosses. <laughs> but if, if you're an owner, you're a service manager, or something like that, you want to hook it up for your, your company, um, reach out to them because it's a very cool platform. Um, the Alvi Smart Filter that I put in my home. Now, these guys are not really a sponsor of the podcast, but I, I have, um, they kind of touch my heart a little bit. They're local to me. They're a startup company. They're trying to do things better because the, the owners of the company, grew up with respiratory issues themselves and they're really trying to go out and do something for the world that's that's better and and i support that so if you guys want check out the alvi smart filter online just google it you'll find it and reach out to them if you have any questions they're, they are super nice guys i talked to one of the co-founders michael petgrave on my podcast not too long ago so you can go back and you can actually listen to that podcast and hear what the alvi smart filter is all about anyway guys let's get back to Reyna. because there's, there's a big difference between the two for me anyway, the, the, so I worked with this guy that was uh, first started doing install. And I wrote this like little article about it and I put it on my website, but I don't think many people are going to read it because no one's searching for how did Gary, why did Gary hate HVAC installations? (laughs) No one's going to be searching for that on the internet and they're not going to really read it. So I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell you what happened. I was working with this guy almost every day and the guy he must have been like an alcoholic cuz he stunk like booze every day um he stunk like uh, at, at the same time the booze mixed with threading oil for um like black iron threading oil right um and coffee all mixed together and this is this is the guy i worked with i'm like oh my god this guy I can't deal with it anymore so he he set me up with his hammer drill to core a hole through the the foundation of the house to run some piping and I had never used a hammer drill before. It was like a big, a big hammer drill. It wasn't like a little, little battery powered one. It was the one that you plug in, had a big, big long bit on it and it got caught up in the concrete and I let it go and it swung around and slapped me on the chin. And like, I should have been knocked out cause that's how hard it hit me. I was probably concussed I, like obviously back, back then, like nobody really had the education on concussions and You should go to the doctor and do the concussion tests and all that kind of stuff. So I just kept working. But the same day, I was carrying some of that black iron down into the lady's basement, and I broke her window um, with the piece of black iron because I spun around, and it smashed her window. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't stand um, installation here. I I can't stand it. So it it was like a knee-jerk decision of not liking it. And like I said in the article, it might have been something that was premature. Um, a premature thought or g- knee jerk decision. But that's how I felt then. And and I'm like, yeah, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be in, in someone's house and break their stuff. Like I'd rather if I'm going to break someone's stuff, I'd rather it be not coming out of their own personal money, like, because I'm in commercial. So if something breaks, it's not like the the facilities guy or the maintenance guy is not coming out of his wallet. It's coming out of the the company's Um, wallet or or maybe the or maybe if if I broke something, my company would pay for it type Mm -hmm. thing. But anyway, that's that's that was in a little short and sweet story. That's why I don't like residential install. But anyway, so you you got back into it. And it's like a family sort of atmosphere that you're in. And and something I always ask all the females that come on the podcast is how does the men or how did the men treat you and how do they treat you now? Do they treat you as equals or was there a little bit of a, a struggle there at the beginning?
0: Um, the company that I first started with, it was actually a pretty big company at the time. Um, and there was already two other female techs that had already been working there. Um, Oh, cool. Yeah. And so they kind of were like, what's going on? Like, you know, is this going to be like an all female company or something like that? But, like, all the guys, they would always come up to me and be like, you're going to make it. Like, out of everyone, you're going to make it. And um, so this is, like, when I first started. And I'm still in contact with those guys. Like, I'm friends with them on Facebook and stuff. And they helped me out a lot. Like, some of them were jerks or whatever. But um, for the most part, I had more, like, homeowners that um, looked down on me for doing it. Uh, not necessarily, like, the technicians. Because we were, you know, even if I didn't know it, as much as them at the time, um, we still were all doing like the same job and like, uh-huh. here it's, it's like a bigger city, I guess, you know, than other places. Like if I was in like a small town or something, maybe it'd be different, but um, I don't know. I, like my personality, it's really easy for me to fit in with people. So um, I don't know. I became like cool with all of them. They're like my brothers and like the guys I work with now are you know, three of them, well, two of them, because we just lost one of them, he moved to another company, but they were all at the same company I started at. Um, like, I know all their wives and their kids. And, um, you know, we do things together, sometimes out of work. And uh, so it's not, it's not weird for me at all. Um, honestly, and now like we have this bio that gets sent out when we go to a like a client's house, it'll show like my picture and stuff so that they're not like so thrown off when I when they open the door and they see a female. <laughs> Cause before uh-huh. we had all that technology, you know, I'd show up and they're like, what? Like, who are you? Like do you have a helper here with you or you have the <laughs> helper? Or do you have a guy here? You know, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like this is crazy. But um it, actually I just got um an email today from my job and it was my manager and i guess the lady whose house i was at today she wrote or she called into the office and she said um you know i was just kind of blown away like Brenda did such a great job she was so professional and she was like actually at first um i didn't know what to think because she was a female something along those lines and i'm like it's so weird because like the females are the ones that think that the guys they normally you know don't really think anything of it because we're in like a military area. So there's a lot of women in the military around here. Um, So they're used to seeing women, you know, do like electrical work and HVAC and, you know, things like that. So, um, but I don't know. I mean, maybe people do think stuff about it or say stuff, but I don't pay attention to it, honestly. Yeah.
1: Don't, yeah. Don't, don't, don't pay no mind. I mean, people, people, I don't, I don't think most people are probably not trying to be any, um, or, or they're not trying to be disrespectful. They're, they're just kind of surprised and they just don't know how to, how to act because they're not used to seeing, um, like a female knock on their door to come fix something at their house. It's it's just not the norm for them. So they're just like maybe taken aback and they just need to get used to it a little bit. But I mean, the fact, the fact that she took time out of her day to write an email to say, what a great job you did. I mean, that, that is something that more customers should be doing because, we do we we work hard and we we try to do the best we can out there and not enough customers really relay that information back to the company i i don't think right you mostly hear about complaints right if you do a bad job you hear about those but most of the time if you don't hear anything about somebody they're probably doing a good job right (laughs) because it's it's things are silent you only hear the negative but any anyway um So you've been a tech for for that long and you wanted to talk about how you're sort of moving into a more sales role. So we should probably talk about that because I mean, sales are super important to any company because you have to produce sales in order to make money in order to survive. Um, Obviously, there's 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 people out there that have this sort of feeling towards some techs that, that try to sell things that customers don't need and try to sort of maybe pull one under the rug on them or something like that. And, and, and I think the conversation has to be had about selling in a very, um, human way and, and selling in a very, in a way that's not trying to, to try to, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is maybe ethical doing it in, a, in an ethical way and sell the customer what they need and not what they don't need. Like you don't, <laughs> there's stories of, of techs going into, into homes uh, units that are like three, four years old, it's still under warranty and they're trying to sell them a new one. Like things like that. I mean, I think that yeah, we, people look down upon. So maybe we should talk about your, your role and, and how you deal with it.
0: Yeah. So we, um, my boss, uh, the company, the owners, they would never want that reputation. Um, unfortunately, there are a lot of people, a lot of businesses out here that do have that reputation. Um, but what we do is we actually, all of the technicians at our company were selling texts through SBE. And um, it's like a national company, um, pretty much where keeps track of your sales and they do a lot of like coaching and everything. Um, and it's all about no pressure. Um, so you don't ever want to pressure a client into thinking like that's the decision they have to make you just like if you were going to buy a car, you want to feel like you made that decision on your own. Um, you don't want to feel like they talked you into buying something you didn't want. Um, and normally what I do is if we get a new product out or something, I want it in my house. I don't want to sell anything that I don't believe in. Um, I sell a lot of air scrubbers. I have I have allergies, and um, I have an air scrubber in my house, and I sell those like crazy allergy season. And people always tell me they're like, oh my god, this thing's awesome. I love it. Um, you know, and all I do is just mention it. Um, I don't ever like tell them like, oh, and then we have this for sale and this for sale and this for sale. You know, I never listen list anything. Um, I just mention it. Like if I see that they have a lot of dust in their house or. Um, you know, if I see that they have like CPAP machines and the kids have asthma, I just give them, you know, options of things that, you know, we can do to help. Um, but I don't ever make anybody feel like that's what they need to do. Um, even if the system is 20 years old and I'm going to go sell a new system to them, even if say they wanted an estimate, they thought, you know, okay, it's time the unit's 20 years old and I need to replace the system. I'll go out there and I'll still say, you know, all right, let me, you know, let me just see what's wrong with it. It might be something small. If it's just a capacitor, you know, and another company was out there saying your unit's 20 years old, it's going to die. You have, you know, your compressors going bad. You've got a refrigerant leak. Somebody might not be in the position to change that right now. Um, you know, and they might just, you know, pay for a new capacitor just so that they can get through to, you know, pull money out of the bank or do whatever they need to do. Um, we always let them know, you know, we'll fix it as long as you want to. Um, We'll keep the system running, you know, as long as you want to, as much money as you want to put into the system to keep it running. You're not forced to have to buy a new system. I mean, unless it's, unless they've got a refrigerant leak and you can't get parts for, you know, whatever a coil or whatnot on like a 1970 system and it's r 22. But for the most part, you know, I just, I don't ever pressure anybody. And, I get a lot of feedback on that. um, How people are, you know, they'll just come back or they'll call or they'll leave a Google review saying, you know, how they felt. I just didn't make them feel like this is something they need to do.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So, I mean, but we're, our company is all about training and um, they don't ever want us going into a call, making somebody feel forced about anything. So they send us like fall when we're slow They send us to a bunch of training classes, a bunch of coaching. We do coaching with our SBE coach in Arizona. um, And she, you know, walks us through everything. If we're, you know, having a bad month or something like that, as far as, you know, we're not talking about products or the way that we're coming off when we talk about things, you know, she'll, she'll like snap back at us like, Hey, you can't come off like that. And then she'll ask you like, how would you feel if somebody came to your house and, You know, they were saying this or saying that. Um, So we do a lot of like role playing and stuff. A lot of people, they don't think like when they go into somebody's house, they want to just sit there and talk all these technical terms. You have to remember, like you're talking to people that know nothing about HVAC. So you don't want to sit there and like confuse them and, you know, make their head spin and make them feel like they have to go spend 10 grand.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you. It's it's all about education. I, I feel that an informed and educated customer will make the right decision for whatever, whatever they need. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you you said air scrubber, I don't have any experience with, with that particular brand. Um, but I do have a, a, a similar type, um, air purifier, which is called a, a Remy halo in my house. Have you ever heard of that one?
0: Yeah, we have, um, we sell all of them. We do have a Remy halo. We have one installed in our office also. Um, Everybody has, you know, their particular brands that we sell, but we are, we do have the REMI's available as well. The REMIs, the Photomaxes, and the Air Scrubbers.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah,
0: they're all brand- they're like the same technology.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, like, so you said you were moving into becoming a, a sales tech. So like, what is the difference in your company between a tech and a sales tech? Is there is there like, do you draw a line and say, okay, these are the duties of this one and these are the duties of that one? Is there a difference like de- definition wise within, within your company?
0: Well, I actually, I have been a selling tech um, or a sales tech for the past two years now. Okay. Um, so what I'm trying to move into is uh, basically in-house sales. So where I would only be doing sales and no longer being a tech. So mm-hmm. um, a sales tech That's where we go to a call. Somebody says, like, their heater, their AC is not working. Um, And that's when the customer decides, you know, if they want us to fix it or if they want to buy a new system. Um, Most of these people that we're going to, we've been maintenancing their house for, you know, five years. They've um, gained like trust with us because we try to send the same tech back to the same calls. And so they, you know, I have clients where they'll call and ask for me to come out because they don't trust anyone else. Um, and they're like, hey, you know, what should we do? Um, you know, and I'll talk to them about previous repairs that they've had or whatnot. Sometimes they want to just fix it so I can fix it while I'm there. Or if they want to replace the system, I um, can sell them a new system while I'm there. Rather than having to call, you know, set up another day for them to take off of work, call one of the in-house, you know, comfort consultants and have them come out um, and then, you know, have the homeowner, our regular client, know nothing about who the in-house salesperson is and then have them come sell a system. Um, so with gotcha. a selling tech, you know, we're selling the systems to our regular clients or fixing the system just depending on what they want to do at the time.
1: Okay. I, I, I think I see what you're saying. So if you're not a selling tech and you're, and you're just like, uh, like a junior tech or something within the company and you find out that the system is too far gone and they do need, need want a new one or need a new one, then you have to call the salesman or salesperson in to, to come deal with the, the issue afterwards. Is that, is that kind of how right. it works?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Gotcha. Um, so as far as being a selling tech, you, you know, if you got to go through training, you have to, you, you can't just, you know, sell a system and, um, I mean, I've messed up a couple times, but my manager, he'll catch everything. He's like, you can't put the system in here. It won't fit. So like, you know, you can't just have someone who doesn't know what they're doing, um, go sell a system because then you're going to, all the installers are going to hate you. They're going to go to install the job and nothing fits or, you know, it's not going to work right. Um, so as a technician, it's actually better for the client because as a technician, we know what should go in these people's houses. Um, you know, we know what rooms they've been struggling with, you know, hot and cold spots or, you know, how long they're going to be there or if they're going to sell the house. We don't have to ask all these questions because we've been in a relationship with them, you know, over the past few years or whatnot. Um, so it, it works out. I mean, it's, to me, it's been pretty easy. I was really scared to become a selling tech at first. Um, but it's, it, once I got the hang of it, I mean, it's, it's been pretty easy. I was, um, we all like are follow the SBE national, like there's a top 100 list. And um, so last year I did make it to like number 83 in the country, which I mean, there's guys over here in this area in Hampton Roads that are blowing me out of the water. So I don't even want to like act like I'm, you know, doing much compared to them. But as far as um, you know, my company, I did have the highest sales in the company last year. So. Wow. That was pretty cool for my first year being a selling
1: tech. Yeah, that that is kind of cool. So you you took on the challenge of 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 doing this, and then you you ranked number one within the company just two years into the position. That that that's awesome. That
0: was my first year in the position. Oh, in
1: your fir- in your first year, so <laughs> even better.
0: Yeah, good, good for you. That's awesome. I am. Uh, I am the top one in the company again, not to brag because I know they're probably going to hear this and they're going to hate me, but two, two
1: years in a row. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I mean, like I said, there's guys out here that are blowing my numbers out of the water. Um, And, you know, we don't really try to focus so much on that um aspect of it, but at the same time, it is growing our company. The more we sell, you know, the more we're going to be able to grow and the more we're going to be able to be here for our clients in our area. Um, So it's, you know it's good
1: for the company also Awesome
0: mm-hmm. So
1: so what So after you kind of settle into this where you sounds like you're you're settled in because you're top top sales in 2 years in a row so do you have any other sort of ambitions w- within the trade do you ever want to start your own company or do you ever want to <laughs> keep c- continue to escalate a- up the ranks here
0: Um so my what I wanted to do when I first started was be like an in-house like sales consultant. Um, and so that's actually what I am going into. Um, we actually have to find another tech, um, that's going to take my spot before I can go full-time in that position. Um, Mm -hmm. but so basically I won't be like on call anymore. I won't have to, you know, also like crawl around houses and I'll still have my tools with me and things like that, but I won't be like an actual technician anymore. I'll be a straight commission, um, sales. That's it. Uh, so that's what my goal is for right now. Um, you know, in the future, you know, I don't know, but I would never want to own a company. Uh, I see the stress of it. My mom and my dad, they, um, own a sign business and, um, I've seen, you know, all the stresses of owning your own company, my whole entire life. So, I definitely would not want that on my shoulders. I give the owners of my company much respect for that. And I like clocking out and going home and going on vacation and not having to worry about a company to take care of and a whole bunch of employees.
1: <laughs> you know what? I, I'm i in that boat with you. I, I'm, in, I'm totally in that boat with you. I, I, I see the, the advantages of owning your own company. I can, I can see them, but I also see the disadvantages and I, some of the disadvantages outweigh the advantages. Mm -hmm. A a lot of people think that you have more freedom if you own your own company. Maybe you do at some point in time, but in the first bunch of years, you don't, it's 24 seven, it's a 24 seven grind. Because if you want to, if you want to make sure that company that you're running is top notch top quality, you have to have a thumb in everything. And I don't mean micromanage, but you need to be aware of everything that's going on you need to have um, you need to have a presence within everything and, and you can't do that. Or or if you don't do that, I mean, your company is not going to be the way you want it to be in my mind. Anyway, I, this is just my opinion. Yeah. So, so for me, if I would start a company today, the next five years of my life, I think would be hell. I really do because I can't, like you said, <clears throat> you can't just shut it off at night, come home and relax. You can't just take off for a week and just go on vacation without worrying about what's going on with your company and getting emails and phone calls and um, people that that are that are trying to make decisions w- without you. And you, you wonder, oh, are they going to make the right decisions? Now I got to call them and find out. Like these are the things that I don't want. I just want to come home and I want to relax. And that's why. I've said this a million times I started this podcast and this whole HVAC know-it-all thing is is to try to on my own time and at my own pace develop educational content and entertaining content and talking to people like you that can tell stories that other people can listen to and learn from this is this is what I enjoy doing I, I don't want to be chasing after um, people's money because they haven't paid me in six months and you know what I mean and And a van got broken into and now I got to replace all these tools and deal with insurance. Like I don't, I don't want to deal with any of that. I just don't want to. So I'm, I'm in your boat. I feel you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, um, I just almost knocked my whole computer over. Um, so my bosses, they're awesome. Like they, when you see them, they're always laughing. They're always joking with you, but I know the stress that they go through. And like I said, I, you know, I seen my mom go through that. And just for, with us, you know, growing up playing hockey, um, just for us to go out of town for a week for a tournament or something, like my mom would have to work until three, four o'clock in the morning and make sure, you know, everything was taken care of and, you know, the stress of having to shut the business down to go out of town and, you know, not have anybody, you know, running it or not know what's going on when you're not there. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't want that for my life. Um, at all people ask me that question all the time and I say this I just laugh because I'm like no way! there's no way
1: yeah yeah.
0: there's always somebody who has their feelings hurt and they always want to go to the boss and they always want to be like I feel like I deserve this and I feel like I deserve that and I just there's just way too many people and you know different different things you've got to worry about
1: yeah yeah I totally agree with you so before we head out I would like to ask you to give some of these young ladies some advice that, that may be thinking about entering the trade.
0: Um, honestly, one thing I can say is, um, for me, I never wanted to like have like that. Um, you know, I'm a female in HVAC. Like when I started, there wasn't many females in HVAC. Um, so I always looked at it like I'm one of the guys, like I didn't try to be girly or I didn't try to be, you know, like one of the guys I was just myself. And, um, like even now, you know, I, I laugh about a lot of things. I, I don't take things personally. I don't, you know, I don't let that stuff bother me when I go home. Like, I'm yeah, I'm thinking about, you know, my estimates and my sales and things like that, but don't sit there and think about what somebody thought of you or, you know, a lot of times like girls I see on like the women in HVAC pages and stuff and they get so pissed when they're like, oh, this guy wanted to carry my ladder because he thinks I can't do it. I'm like, what? You can carry my ladder. all you want to <laughs> You can carry my ladder. You can carry my tool bag. <laughs> I don't care. Like stuff like that. Like I don't have to try to prove myself to them. Um, just the biggest thing for me is just learn as much as you possibly can. And once you get that confidence, um, nothing can break you. So to me, it, it was more so just uh, at, at the beginning, I didn't have the confidence. And once I got it, uh, things didn't really bother me anymore. And, you know, with the guys carrying my ladder and things like that, like I laugh about it and joke about it all the time. I don't feel like they're, you know, looking at me like I'm girly and I can't do something. I don't feel like I have to prove myself that I can carry a ladder and a bag at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> you can carry everything for me just you know be yourself and don't worry about what people say
1: so i i wish that somebody would offer to carry my ladder or tool yeah, bag do you know exactly. how many times that i've been you know how many times i've gone through a door and I'm holding a tool bag and a ladder and I'm opening it up the door and people just like walk by me and they don't even offer to like hold the door for me. And I'm like, Gee, do you guys see me here? Like, can somebody <laughs> give me a hand? Like, so it would be, it would be super cool if somebody would say, Hey, I'll take your ladder for you. But in, on the flip side, I've had, um, if I go into a, a, a building and, and I have to meet, um, somebody in the, the maintenance department that might happen to be, a female and they come meet me and i've and i've had like a box of filters they're like oh can i help you with that can i carry something for you and i'm like no you're my customer i don't want you to carry stuff for me so i i will but i've had females ask me if they can help me but i mean yeah. but i've gone i've gone through tons of doors with a whole bunch of stuff in my hands and people are just like walking by me and, and don't don't pay any mind or any attention to the fact that i'm struggling to get through the door so it would be nice once in a while if, if that that offer was was hand it out to me a little bit more
0: (laughs) oh yeah see, it's mostly like it's not so much the clients because like the clients they're like oh I'm gonna let her do her thing or whatever but it's mostly like when I roll up on a job site and there's like painters outside or construction workers or whatever and like they all come running over and they're like can I help and I'm like whatever I don't care like yeah you can help and you know they're just obviously flirting but for me I'm like "Hey." if you're, if you do this trade and you can do everything just like everybody else does, but at the same time, why not use the fact that I'm a girl and they want to do this and I'm going to let them do it for me. I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) It's less I have to carry. Sure. Carry my life. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Save, save your, your, your body and, and keep it, keep it healthier and stronger, longer. That's, 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 uh, that's important. So, yeah. Um and I'm glad you said confidence because confidence is is massive. If and if you don't have confidence, you are not going to be the best um you, your best self that you can be in, in my opinion. And and it takes time and I'm glad you said that. It takes time to build confidence. It doesn't happen right away. And <clears throat> I think in order to build confidence, you have to apply yourself and continue to apply yourself and understand that hey, I I don't know everything. And I never will, but the fact that I know that about me and the fact that I'm going to try to continue to keep knowing everything, even though I'll never know everything, um, Mm -hmm. is, is something that I I think is important. You just have to keep marching in in a forward direction and and not look back. So it seems like you're doing that. So great job.
0: Yeah.
1: No problem. All right, guys. So addicts, yeah, they can be dangerous places. Okay, that heat, that humidity, you need to take the brakes. You need to figure out ways to keep yourself cool, right? I've seen people that have taken like little small fans with a sort of a flex duct and they put the fan down in the home and then use the fan to push air up from the home into the attic with the flex duct. I've seen that before, I've, I've seen pictures of it. So maybe a setup like that can help you. Coming down, taking breaks, taking up some some water, and that tip from Reyna was was pretty cool about not getting into the van and turning on the AC to go from extreme to extreme to keep the temperature kind of constant and slowly bring yourself back down to to regular conditions. I think I think that's important. That's a good tip and. And I didn't know that if you got sent to the hospital with heat exhaustion like that, they, they'd wrap you up in a heat blanket. That That is very interesting to know, but it kind of makes sense when you start to to think about it because your body's in shock. Anyway, Reyna, thank you very much for the great conversation. I really appreciate it, and I wish you luck. I hope you keep killing it out there because that's what we want to do, guys, is just keep moving forward and keep killing it. But I'm out, guys. Happy HVAC. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know It All on Instagram. Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.